0: And welcome along to episode 79 of the All Things Leads podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely is, as always, Charles Foster. Charles, hello.
1: Hi, mate. How are you doing?
0: I'm uh, very well. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm feeling fine. Just a bit disappointed about not being able to do much at the moment. So I imagine that's the same for everybody.
0: Yeah. Good week, mate?
1: Yeah, it's been all right. It's been at work. So not done much.
0: Nice, nice. Busy, busy, busy. Uh, And we're going to be busy in this podcast as well. We've got plenty uh, coming up in the show. Uh, we will be reflecting, of course, on that 3-0 win away at Aston Villa. Uh, we'll also look at how the Legion United under-23s and Legion United women have got on uh, recently. Uh, we've got plenty of news to cover as well before we look ahead to Legion United's next game, which sees them take on Leicester City at Ellen Road on Monday night. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. So let's begin by looking back on that three uh, nil victory away at Villa Park, North Aston Villa. Uh, now we were obviously without Calvin Phillips and Liam Cooper, who were out injured, and Charles, no Phillips and Cooper, no problem.
1: Yeah, it was um, we, we adapted much better than I thought we would, especially against uh, Villa being the uh, form team of the division. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really good performance in general. I was pleasantly surprised to see how well everybody coped with the uh, defensive, you know, mishmash, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a word. The, uh, so, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see how well that, that worked out. And although, as we're going to talk about, we had to make a couple of changes throughout the game to kind of finesse the thing, I think it was a pretty well-oiled professional win.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. It, it definitely surprised me, I thought, that without... Cooper and Phillips, you know, two of our most influential players, you could say. I thought that we would uh, struggle, but we really didn't. We really were uh, fantastic on the night. Um, and it was only the third league game under Marcel Bielsa that neither Cooper nor Phillips were in the starting eleven. Now, the previous two were both last season, and we won them both uh, away at Huddersfield and away at Derby County. Uh, so it turns out, Charles, that we don't do too bad without two of our most influential players, which is a—it's uh, quite pleasing, really. It's pleasing,
1: but it's not something you want to get into the habit with playing without your best players because no. eventually you do get caught out. So, yeah, it's pleasing to see that we, uh, we've we got sufficient depth because that's always been a bit of a worry, particularly with regards to that defensive midfield position. But yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to see how, how well it went.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, of course, in the absence of Cooper and Phillips, uh, a bit of re- reshuffling happened in the starting lineup uh, defensively. So the back four was Stuart Dallas, uh, Robin Cock, Luke Kalen at left centre half, and uh, Alioski at left back. And then uh, in the central defensive midfield position was Pascal Struick. And we'll get on to Pascal Struick in a moment. But just a word on Liam Cooper. Wow. <laughs> left centre half. And he did not look out of place at all, did he, Charles?
1: Liam Cooper. Luke
0: oh, Luke Halen, Luke Halen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: was gonna say he was injured. Uh, all, he um, he has played centre half previously for us, and I, I think he did it for Yeovil as well. And when he was in Arsenal's youth academy, I think he played a lot at centre back. So we I mean, we know he can play there, but we obviously miss him and his overlapping runs when he's not playing on the, on the right back. But I think we, yeah, he, he was probably one of the better performers on the night. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, not man of the match, as we're going to speak about, but because um, there's only one man that's going to get that, that, that one. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he performed very, very well. And,
0: um, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, he certainly did play very well. We, no, we know that uh, Luke Kalen can play at centre-back. We've seen him play there many times, but not a left centre-half. And, yeah, I thought I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was really good. Did not look out of place. Did very, very well, of course. Blocked a shot off the line at one point uh, in that first half. Blocked uh, Grealis' shot off the line. So, that was uh, very good. And, uh, yeah, Luke Kalen, fantastic in this game. And the whole back four. Really were were really, really good. And uh, now Pascal Struick, he didn't play badly in defensive midfield, but of course he was subbed off after twenty-one minutes for Jamie Shackleton, which might have been a bit harsh, but Struick was on a yellow card and the way he was playing a red card was probably inevitable. So probably a smart move by Bielsa, really, Charles.
1: Yeah, I think it was cautious from Bielsa because I think um Villa were planning on using that. As a as a weakness to exploit. I mean, their, their game plan in general is to get the ball to Grealish as often as possible. But if if you get the ball to Grealish and the other team's defensive midfield, can't really do much, or can't can't foul. They can't give you the tactical foul, then that's even better. So I think that, that was the plan. Although the one he got the booking for, I didn't think it was a booking. It was a foul, but the, the way it was Grealish the, Grealish's theatrics that which won the other card because he. If you watch it in in slow mo, he first of all Grealish drags his foot to hit to hit as much of uh Shriek's leg as possible and he could easily not avoid it but you know not hit as much of him as possible. And then he was riding around on the ground for ages in the in the build up to I think Villa were attacking at the time. So Struik sure, got booked afterwards but it was just it was just not great. I mean I don't I don't like Grealish at all. <laughs> I think he's a cheat. I think he's a good player, but I think he's a cheat. So that's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think I think it was I think it was a smart move by Bills to uh, to shake things up and give um, Mateus Click the uh, as, <laughs> as much freedom to be the, uh, the the shit house we all know he is inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, In that, that was an interesting position. move, really. Um, you know, of course, bringing Struik someone had to fill that defensive midfield role then. And yeah, it was Mateusz Click. We we haven't seen him play there. Uh, before be also and uh, yeah, Click did uh, quite well to be honest. Didn't look out of place there. So if uh, you know Phillips is out, uh, at, you know any other time, then Click can easily fill that role probably.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first choice just because he's not as physical and he's not he's not as as good a tackler as as Forshaw or Phillips. Um, but I think the him, you know, taking one for the team and playing in that anchor role. Give Jamie Shackleton a lot more freedom to uh, basically run around everywhere in the way that Jamie Shackleton does. Uh, Use as much of his energy up as possible and get some really good positions, which uh, he did a couple of times. So, yeah, fair play to Clicks. So, it can't be easy being he has to play in a role, which you've never been, <laughs> never played for full Leeds before.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and Jamie Shackleton as well. He, he was really good and, and a lot of credit to Jamie Shackleton as well, Charles.
1: Yeah, because it was... Um, I think it was his third or fourth Premier League. appearance, I think it's his third Premier League appearance, and he played what seventy minutes. And I think he was really he was really pleased to get that amount of time on the pitch. And I think he really, yeah, he really did get in some good positions, a lot of energy, and it was a lot of space in the middle of the pitch as well. It was it was quite an end to end game, so there was a lot of space in the middle of the pitch, um, which yeah. Shakhtar managed to exploit, and Madrigo exploited well as uh, as well. I thought they were, I thought they worked well together, and yeah. uh, they found, found themselves because. <laughs> At times we would overcommit and then they would counter and then they would overcommit and then we would counter. So there was always lots of space in the middle of the pitch.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was, but uh yeah, Rodrigo Shackleton were were excellent. And uh it was weird when Struick went off because no Leeds United fans were questioning it. It's just the normal now under Bielsa. So you know, we're like, oh yeah, BLC he knows what he's doing. We've seen it before, obviously with with Carmen Phillips and yeah, it's it's not nice to see, but I think it was a smart move by Bielsa, really to take uh, to take Struick off. Um and yeah, Leeds Played really well on the night. Uh, first half, both teams created chances. Bamford missed uh, a few good chances in that first half, but as we'll come on to, uh, does did not matter one bit. Nil uh, nil at halftime. Uh, the second half was pretty much all League United. Really, uh, Aston Villa really did have a few chances uh, early on in the second half. El Messier did pull off a few good saves at nil nil, uh, denying Jack Grealish uh, a goal when he went on a, a very good run and a uh, nice fingertip save as well from a uh, from that following corner. And Charles at 0 like, nil. If if does go in, which they could have easily done so, uh, it's a different game. So big credit to Ilhamezia.
1: Yeah, um, he made some decent saves, particularly the Grealish one. I thought the um, it wasn't right at him, but the, the the following from the following corner was was just above him, so he, he didn't have to move too much. So that was that was that was pretty standard. But the uh, the, the Grealish one was good because it was uh, I thought for sure because if, if if he'd have scored that, we'd have been seeing that on endless Sky replay for <laughs> yeah. days afterwards.
0: So yeah, would have really been high
1: we <laughs> really pleased that came to nothing. Yeah, Villa did have their chances, but they um, they kind of folded once uh, once Bamford had scored. They, they really didn't. in The second half we steamrolled them. Really, as soon as they went behind, they they just gave up. I think it's because yeah. they haven't had. Although they were used to you know losing a lot last season because they've had such a good start and they they, have, they haven't gone behind in it. When Bamford scored the first one, that was the first time they'd been behind in the game this season. So. I think and they've got a few new players in, a couple of new players anyway. So they um they're trying to um adjust to uh adjust to that kind of scenario because we've uh, we've been behind in games and had to come back um a few times. The Liverpool one comes to mind. We came back three times, the Manchester City one we came back and uh, to equalize. So we've had we've had games where we've had to, you know, get back into it and Villa haven't had that and I think they uh, they really didn't adjust well to us being in front. I think once we went in front we kind of turned the screw and turned on the style a bit and yeah. blew him away.
0: Yeah, yeah, we certainly did. Aston Villa just, just crumbled after we went 1-0 up. Of course, we went 1-0 up on 55 minutes. Uh, Patrick Bamford scoring the uh, opening goal of the game and finishing off a, a really nice move. And, you know, it may look a simple finish, but in reality, it's quite a hard finish, really. And it, it was a very good finish as well from Bamford, wasn't it?
1: I thought it was intelligent. because I think with the, with the amount of time he had and with him seeing that Mings and... um Martinez were on the line um, he could have just blasted it straight forward and one of them might have got some, something on it and maybe potentially prevented it from going in so for him to recognise that he had all that space to the right of him to, to blast it in so there was a was quick thinking on his part and it was a, a proper purchase goal but those they all can and I, I love it when people, when Bamford gets those kind of goals it means he's in the right positions he's in the six yard box where he should be trying to get yeah. trying to you know, sniff out mistakes And it wasn't a particularly bad mistake from Martinez I think the the shot from Rodrigo had, had quite a lot of power on it but yeah the, Bamford exploited that and, and, and went and scored and then it was, it was all pretty much sunshine from there other than <laughs> other than that, that one chance that uh, Watkins had towards the end it was pretty much all leads
0: yeah yeah it really was and yeah, Bamford here with with a decent finish. Finishing off a really nice move, counter-attacking move, really, uh, down that left-hand side. You know, one-touch passes here and there and Rodrigo with that powerful shot. Uh, and, you know, I think Rodrigo knew that he wasn't going to score, but just to get it there and, you know, if a goalkeeper parries and then Bamford there. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good move from Leeds United and, uh, yeah, smart finish from Bamford, really, uh, to put Leeds United one nil up. It was 2-0 on 67 minutes. Uh, Bamford's coming again and... What a strike this was, Charles! What a strike!
1: Yeah, this was um, this was brilliant. This kind of reminded me. Of, I don't want to mention him because he is a he, he's an an ex uh, an, an ex player, but and the kind of Ronaldo kind of feel to the to the goal where it's just no backlift, just straight in. And it, it, also the um, the Pablo Hernandez West Brom goal that, that kind of just perfectly placing it exactly where you want it to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was it was brilliant from Bamford. It was. Everyone goes on about the third goal, but the second one was my favourite. I think it was a uh, it was brilliant, just a great yeah. finish and from, 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 I think it was twenty yards out, twenty one yards out.
0: Yeah, well, it was just on the um, edge of a D, really, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, I think Mings and concert kind of stepped off him for a second, and he just turned <laughs> turned around, adjusted onto his left, and just banged it in. It was yeah. Martinez had no chance. I, I, I don't think any keeper would have saved that.
0: No, it was a fantastic finish, no backlift, as you say, which is just yeah, really, really impressive. And it, it's really annoying because if. A player like Ronaldo or Messi score a goal like this, it's getting replayed after replayed online. No one's going to stop talking about it, but because it's Bamford and Leeds United, we'll just push it under the carpet there. Uh, I,
1: I, I don't, I don't know about that because I think Bamford did get a lot of a lot of praise and a lot of credit from the media. I, I think it honestly went a little bit too far because like there was, there was Gary Neville going on about him getting an England call. Up. Like, <laughs> like, is is that is that how far someone is away from the England squad? One hat trick. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, don't, I don't get me think
1: wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. Times. It was it was a it was a brilliant performance and a brilliant hat trick, and I'm, I'm really pleased with Bamford for getting the goals. But he's not. He's not going to get in ahead of Calvert-Lewin. He's not going to get in ahead <laughs> of any of England's other attacking players. We, we uh, he's not going to end Sancho or Sterling or anyone like Harry Kane. He's not. He's <laughs> not. going to get picked yeah. over of the, the captain of England, is he? So. Bit, bit. I think it needs to be needs to be a bit less reactionary from the media. I think, but I'm I'm pleased that he got got some credit. And um...
0: yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, this second goal as well came moments after uh, Tyrone Mings had dragged Bamford up by the shirt uh, in in an incident. Um, Mings had brought Bamford down. Bamford uh, had clearly hurt his foot, and, you know I don't think he was he was trying to get Mings sent off. He clearly hurt his foot, but Mings was just like, no, you're you're faking this, and just grabbed his shirt and just pulled him up, and you know, Ming's already on the yellow card. Do you feel as though he should have been sent off for this incident, Charles?
1: He's a nasty player, is Ming's. He gets he gets a lot of credit, you know, for being um, for coming from a a background where he, he was working in a normal job, and then he eventually got picked up by professional clubs and ended up playing professionally. But he's he gets a lot of credit for his personality in the or in interviews and stuff. But on the on the pitch, he's a nasty, nasty player. He, several times, he's, he's trod on people's. Um, you know, faces and stuff. I mean, I remember him doing it to Ibrahimovic a couple of years ago, and he's uh, constantly um, tr- trying to, you know, do nasty, dodgy, off-the-ball stuff on the pitch. But he's um... this one was 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 a bit weird. This incident because Bamford Mings doesn't actually take him out. What Bamford does is when they're running together and they they, they collide. Bamford kind of accidentally stands on the back uh, on uh, on Mings and falls over and hurts his foot. He's not. I mean, VAR check for a penalty, but Bamford didn't claim for one.
0: Um, yeah, it was never a penalty.
1: Yeah, so so Mings has assumed that Bamford's, you know, been looking for the contact and just gone over, when well, in reality they've just collided while they were running for a long ball. And um, yeah, as you say, he's already on a yellow. If you if you're physically grabbing and pushing people, which he did, picked yeah. him up and pushed him, then then that's an, that is at least another yellow. So he should be yeah. off.
0: I mean, since when was dragging another player up by the shirt, by the collar, not an offence? <laughs> like since when I mean, was that allowed but- in football?
1: Bamford had the last laugh, though, because he went on to score two more twice yeah.
0: <laughs> two more times. So Yeah. Um, I must say Tyrone Mings, I mean, I didn't think he was particularly good in this game. Bamford scored three goals with his stronger left foot and both goals, Tyrone Mings was in and around in a in, you know, in front of Bamford, and he let Bamford get onto his left foot and and, and uh you know strike on goals. So I don't think Tyler Mings was particularly good, and yeah, as you say, he, he's not really—you know—he's—he's he's not the nicest of players on the pitch, really. So, um, uh, but never mind. You know, this incident though, it—it it seemed to light a spark in Bamford, didn't it? Really, it seemed to light a fire inside Bamford, and then, yeah, you know, of course, a minute later, he goes on the scores an absolute world class goal, and then on seventy four minutes, he completes his hat trick with a another stunning strike.
1: Yeah, well, this one was. This this was a great goal as well. It's um, <laughs> we're already two up two up at this point, and people are wanting to slow the game down, but it, it comes from uh, Meslier and and Dallas recycling the ball a couple of times and then working it through the midfield through Rodrigo. Yeah, and then we get to the get to the end of the uh, end of the pitch, and and um, oh, it's Rodrigo's great. But this is the one where it's Rodrigo's great pass to Helder Costa, and he works it inside to um, to Jamie Shackleton, who yeah, it's a great kind of reverse pass from Shackleton back to Costa into Bamford. Bamford's not. Not in any sort of space. He's surrounded by at least three Villa defenders, maybe even four. Yeah. And um, he's on his right foot at this point. And rather than you know shielding him, encouraging him to shoot on his right, or you know closing him down, and, or even getting a foot in, another's the Premier League and VAR, it's likely you going to get a penalty given for breathing an attacking player. But even still, <laughs> you, sh- you, sh- you should be showing you should be showing a, a player was was. Let's be fair, fairly one footed as Bamford. Yeah, he's he definitely he definitely much prefers his left foot he should be showing him onto his right and um, and making him take a shot from a bad angle but instead they let him shift his entire body shape onto his left foot let him take the shot because they think he's just going to sky I don't know whether they think he's going to sky it or they don't want to put a foot in in case they give the penalty away but he just slots it perfectly past Martinez and it's it's, that is 3-0 game over and it's a it's a beautiful. It got compared to a couple of Burcamps goals. Uh, not, <laughs> I don't think Bamford's as good as Burkamp, but you know the, the kind of style of it <laughs> was 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 perfect. The, the just the curl was, was brilliant, and uh, yeah. everyone's uh, everyone's thinking that's his claim, that's his best one. But personally, I prefer his second one. But the the, the last two are brilliant goals. So
0: yeah, um, yeah, they really are. I mean, personally, for me, the third goal is is my favourite. Just the fact that he had four Aston Villa defenders around him, and he just shifted his whole body. And perfectly picked out that top left hand corner. I thought it was, I thought that was a brilliant goal. Yeah, his second goal was fantastic. But I just think the third goal, the fact that he was under so much pressure, and just managed to manage to just ping it with no backlift as well. I thought it was uh, an unbelievable strike from Bamford, and a, yeah, a really really good hat trick from Patrick Bamford. That's now six goals in six Premier League games for Patrick Bamford. He's just having an unreal season, isn't he? <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's had a very good start. I think the team's had a very good start. We're, we're putting him in the positions. He was he was saying in his post match interview that he had uh, he had a couple of chances in the first half that he felt they could have buried, especially the um, the the one where he got it's whipped in um, from I think it's Harrison and he he, he kind of sidefoots it wide. He felt they felt they could have done better with that with that shot. But you know, if, if you're scoring, if you're number nine scoring, there's no issues, is there? No, there's no. He's going to have zero pressure on him, is I mean, I think he's earned himself a bit of breathing room from criticism anyway, because we're, yeah. we're, we're they're a new team to the Premier League. He's not played in it for for years as Bamford. And he's he's come back a very different player, and you're getting all these Sky interviews saying like, "Oh, your record last time wasn't really good." I mean, that's because it was like what twenty one, twenty two, getting like two minutes yeah. off the bench here and there. And he said as much in the interviews, like, "I didn't really get a chance last time." And I think he's uh, he's really repaying some of the faith that Bielsa's had in him at the moment. I hope he can keep it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Hopefully Bamford does uh, keep up this this fantastic form. Uh, so here's a few stats for you. Uh, credit to uh, Andrew Dalton, also known as LUFC Stats, for all of these. Uh, Padgett Bamford uh, now will need to score in the month of May to complete a full set of scoring in every calendar month for Leeds United. Uh, Bamford is the first Leeds player uh, to score three goals in one game since Kemar Roof against QPR, in December 2017, that, yeah. therefore the first Leeds player under Marcel Bielsa to score a, a hat-trick. Uh, Patrick Bamford is only the second Leeds United player to score in the club's first three away league matches of a top-flight campaign uh, since Gordon Hodgson in uh, 1937-38. Uh, and it is also the first Premier League hat-trick scored by a Leeds United player since Mark Viduka against Charlton on April the 5th, 2003. Uh, back onto the uh, Villa game then, so we brought on Rafinha uh, late on. Later than we saw him in the Wolves game, which you know we were hoping we'd see him a bit earlier, but he came on on 83 minutes uh, uh, this time. And Rafinha, I thought he looked brilliant as well. He made that superb pass that wide to uh, Jack Harrison, didn't he? Uh, did Rafinha, and, and he looks a good player, Charles.
1: He does. Um, I, I watched him in the under-23s as well the other day. He was it was good in that game. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. He, he did the he did the same kind of sweeping pass in the under twenty threes as well. You know when he cuts half half the team like he did against Villa. I think he he yeah. likes doing them. And if if you can wait if you can wait the pass right and uh, land it perfectly for Harrison, then you you're immediately you know so far up the pitch. And uh, I think that was the bit where it got played back to Hernandez, who sadly slips because otherwise it would have been four <laughs> 0 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is looking like a a properly talented winger just to hope we can see a bit more of him. Yeah. you know, while while everyone's playing well, he's gonna to have to work, bide his time. It's uh you don't do not change a winning formula.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. You certainly don't. So yeah, if he, I hope we see more of him, but you know, he's certainly looking at a really good player at the moment. And uh yeah, we re- really glad we signed him. Uh I believe United of course held on to win 3-0, uh putting an end to Aston Villa's 100 percent record in the league. Uh, that was Elam Messier's ninth clean sheet in 16 appearances for Leeds United. Just incredible. I still can't believe we've we only got him for £5 million and he's this good at 20 <laughs> years old. Messier's just going to be unbelievable in a few years. Um, and that was Leeds United's biggest Premier League away win since the 6-1 victory over Charlton Athletic on the 5th of April 2003. Uh, yeah, just a, a surreal, surreal night, Charles, and a surreal performance from Leeds United.
1: It was. It was um surprising. I was surprised. I thought it was gonna be I mean, Villa had the chances, but I, I thought it would be a bit more a bit more on edge. But we, we just as soon as we got the breakthrough, we were just we were brilliant. And I thought we yeah. were good in the first half as well. I thought we let him in, into the game a little bit towards the end of the first half and a the couple of minutes this was a few minutes either side of half time, I thought Villa had a, a bit of a a bit of a, a tiny period of uh, of dominance. But other than that I thought we were Brilliant for the rest of the game, and I think we totally deserved
0: the uh, the win. Yeah, absolutely. And you need to remember that Aston Villa going into this had won all of their league games, uh, including a seven-two victory over defending champions Liverpool. So they're not a bad team, and we've gone away there and just absolutely trounced them. So, uh, yeah, very very pleasing to see. And Dean Smith still hasn't beaten Marcel Bielsa. Just wanted to get that in there. Uh, We did move up uh, into third in the Premier League table momentarily, which was uh, very nice to see. And I did take a few screenshots of that. And that was uh, very nice (laughs) to see Leeds United third in the Premier League. Uh, But we do currently sit seventh in the league table on 10 points, just two points from uh, the top four and five. And uh, yeah, very good win for Leeds United against Aston Villa. Our great start to the season continues and hopefully... It will continue. Uh, we, of course, move on to Monday night uh, where we take on Leicester City at Ellen Road. We'll preview that game later on in the show. Well, the Leeds United under-23s returned to winning ways last Friday as they defeated PL2 league leaders North City 2-0 at 4-parts. And, well, I 23s the squad did feature a 35-year-old man in Pablo Hernandez uh, who even made it on the lineup graphic, which was uh, quite funny to see, really
1: yeah it was it was it was all funny watching um, i mean it was pablo who basically you know set up the first goal um, in that game but yeah it was kind of cheating having half the first team and you're in the twenty threes to to be, to, to beat the league leaders that was that was funny but, yeah it was it was it was a good performance and um, i hope they can continue it hopefully without requiring the first team next time um but you know yeah. we we't be honest, like there's there's a lot of time between games at the because it's you know it's the premier league and I don't understand I'm, I've seen Premier League managers and players com- complain in the past about having, you know, having too many games, the games has been too close together. It's absolutely laughable when you consider the championship is Saturday yeah. Tuesday, Saturday exactly. Tuesday.
0: Exactly.
1: So there's, yeah. there's so much time t- between games for enough time that players can, you know, play in a unitary phase or reserve game, you know, they can do plenty of preparation, and plenty of training and there's, there's no excuse for not being fresh for the, uh, for the next game. So it was, you yeah, it was good to see uh, the players getting a bit more run out and, um, seen a bit more of what they're all about, the uh, particularly the new uh Rafinha.
0: Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's a good point you make about, you know, the fact that Premier League managers complain about the amount of games there is in a short space of time. They they need to try the championship. <laughs> <With laughs> <Yeah>. Forty six <laughs> game season.
1: <laughs> Do you remember when we used to um we used to have, like, three, three games in six days. I remember that happened a few times. Yeah, yeah. It used to be,
0: I yeah. mean, that's for December period. It's usually is is busier in, in the December period. I mean, they want to try League One, don't they, where you've got, uh, what, 46-game league season. You've got the EFL Trophy, the FA Cup, and, yeah, the v, EFL v, Cup as well. You've you got so many t- competitions you're playing in. So, yeah, th- they don't know how lucky they are, some Premier League teams, really. Um but no, it was great to see we're, some. We're, some first we're,
1: team. we're already out with the. Uh, sorry, sorry, so We're already out of the league no, cup really. as well. So we literally don't have a cup game until
0: January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is quite nice to be honest. It's quite nice having uh, a lot less games, <laughs> uh, a lot less games to play really, and I'm uh, worried we'll about to be honest. But no, it was nice to see uh, a few first teamers play. Of course, hopefully, Leeds United on Twenty can. Uh, win games without the first team, as sometimes, uh, but yeah, Pablo Hernandez set up that first goal really nice first goal as well. With uh, Ian Pavada finishing it off, he uh, also had Pascal Stewart and Tyler Roberts playing, um, as well. Uh, there was a moment in the game as well, Pablo Hernandez um, just uh, flattened, uh, I think it was a 17 year old, someone who you know, he's definitely <laughs> over half, <laughs> over double his age, and just, just flattened him and picked up a yellow card.
1: Yeah, I think it was because the, the guy was trying to mug him off in the middle of the game. So he, he basically, the kid, ran pa- the kid ran past him, so he just ran up behind him and then booted him, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> as well for yeah. lo-
0: him. I love green. to see Pablo.
1: If, you know, just to how, how wound up Pablo's getting in the under twenty three skin. It's like how, how competitive yeah. he is on the pitch. He's just like, you know, it doesn't matter, Pablo. Even if we lose, it's not that bad. It's just like, no, yeah. I, need to, I need to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let this child mug me off. That was well funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, it really was. Um, you also had Keiko save as well uh, playing there. Uh, uh, I thought it was average Keiko save really. Uh, Charlie Cresswell, though, I'm still really impressed with him. Uh, I hope he makes it into the uh, first team at some point this season. He's a really good uh, defender, is uh, Charlie Cresswell. Uh, but Rafinha, though, the star of the show, really, as you'd expect, he was the only... What, 17 million pound player playing on the pitch in this game? Uh, so you'd expect Rafinha to, to outshine everyone else, you know, playing Champions League football, Europe League football in the past. So, yeah, you'd expect Rafinha to be the best player on the pitch. And he really was. He was fantastic, Rafinha. And it was really good to see a lot of how Rafinha plays, although it wasn't on 23's game. I mean, Rafinha is 23 years old. But no, it, it was good to see Rafinha playing, Charles. And I'm really excited to see him get a get a good run in the, in the first team soon.
1: Yeah, it'd be um, be interesting to see who drops out for him. I think it'd probably be Costa who who it uh, would drop out for him if he was to come in. But yeah, it's it's great to have a lot of depth and competition for the uh, for the attacking spots. of the <laughs> if, we've always been going at how shallow the uh, the benches at, at times and the uh, how how, how the, the lack of depth has let us uh, let us down in the past with the. Uh, with injuries and things and we've got a few injuries at the moment so but sadly not not the right end we could afford more injuries at the other the other end of the pitch than than the defensive ones we've got but it is nice to have a bit more depth and um a player like Rafinha can't, can't hurt your, your side's chances of staying in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, he certainly can. Uh, yeah, Rafinha, good goal in this game. And, uh, yeah, just a very good performance from the under-23s, really. Uh, every under-23s, I say that in uh, quotation marks, because it did feature five or six Um uh, But, no, a very good win there. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Jackson's under-23 side. Next take on the Crystal Palace under 23s in the PL2 this Sunday, the 1st of November, uh, with a game kicking off at 1pm. And it is being live streamed, so make sure to set your reminders and tune in uh, for that one. Um, and the League United women have also played twice since we uh, last recorded. A 2-0 victory away at Stockport in the FA Cup was followed up by a 1-0 draw with Bradford City last Tuesday evening, moving down O'Hearn's side up to 5th in the league table. A good couple of results there for the League United women. Uh, Day next, take on Barnsley uh, at home uh, with game kicking off at 2pm on Sunday, the 8th of November. (laughs) So in the wake of the whole pay-per-view debacle, uh, a lot of people are against... Uh, the whole thing, including us. If you want our thoughts on the whole pay-per-view uh, thing, make sure to listen to the previous episode of the podcast. Uh, but a lot of fans have instead uh, donating money to charity and boycotting pay-per-view, which is uh, fantastic to see. And uh, Leeds United fans, instead of paying £15 to watch the Aston Villa game, uh, donated the money instead to the LUFC Trust Food Bank, which was... Uh, just really good to see and an incredible sum of over 56,700 pounds was raised in the space of seven days, which is just, yeah, absolutely brilliant. A big well done to, uh, uh, to everyone who contributed towards that sum. So yeah, there's not been many, uh, pay-per-view buys, uh, only a few hundred thousand, which, you know, may seem like quite a lot to us, but to these companies like Sky and BT is, you know, it really isn't much at all. And there are reports that, uh, Sky and BT, uh, are thinking about scrapping the whole pay-per-view thing altogether, which can only be a good thing, really, Charles.
1: Oh, well, yeah. It proves that if you boycott something and, and disagree with something enough and, and act on it, then you you can stop um, people of, in uh, positions of authority, particularly, I uh, know, obviously, the... No one's forcing you to pay pay the money to watch your team, but you shouldn't have to pay extra money in the uh, in the when people in their current financial situation due to the pandemic. You shouldn't be asked to be paying more, even more than you're already paying me, you know forty forty five pound a month, fifty pound a month subscriptions for t- each TV company. To, for, you know, so yeah, it's a it's a shambles really, and I'm, the fact that I'm thinking of getting rid of it is really good, although. As I say, in addition, I'm also delighted that, they've, that people have chosen to donate the money instead because it's far better off feeding kids than it is uh, lining the pockets of some CEO or some other cretin. Um, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. It's it's fantastic to see uh, fans instead donating money to, to good causes instead of just uh, handing it over to greedy millionaires and billionaires, really. Yeah. Um... And yeah, if if you're against the whole pay-per-view thing, then you know the thing to do is just to not buy it. And you know, the, the less buys they get, then the more chance there is of, of getting rid of it. Um obviously though if the pay-per-view thing does get scrapped, then uh you'd hope that there is a you know still a good solid option uh, available to, to watch the game still. Um and if there isn't, you know, if, if there is no alternative to watching these games, then I think just keep pay-per-view because I think the option to watch the game Uh, Is better than nothing, really. But, you know, if they are considering scrapping pay-per-view and there's going to be an alternative option, then, yeah, I think think that's just really, really promising. Uh, Games are still being selected for pay-per-view, though. Um, And Leeds United's game away at Crystal Palace next Saturday, the 7th of November, will now be available to watch on BT Sport Box Office. Uh, The game will still kick off at three PM on the Saturday, it just it wasn't available to watch on TV, but now it is on Box Office. So hopefully that now means uh, more incredible amounts of money being donated to uh, to charity. Uh, moving on, Marcel Bielsa uh, has said in his uh, Leicester City press conference this week that 29-year-old defender and club captain Liam Cooper uh, has returned from his groin strain and uh, is uh, at least fit. Uh, now Charles does. Liam Cooper, go straight back into the team for you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think despite how well the, the team played in the game against Aston Villa, I think we need a bit more continuity, particularly in the centre-back partnership. So I think... Um, and and I'm not, you need to have your club captain in the team when you can. And I think that gives Luke Halen the chance to go back into his position and it'll, it'll sort out the back line somewhat. Uh, I think Bielsa will probably still persist with... Um, say persist, he didn't really do much wrong, in my opinion, but he'll still have... Uh, Strike in defensive midfield, but at least gets the, the back line back to the way it was. So it solves that problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I somewhat agree with that. I think, you know, just getting the back line back to how it was is, you know, is a, is a good thing. And of course, you know, having the captain of the team is always a good thing. But, you know, I, I, I think that it's probably best to have Liam Cooper set out for this game, really, seeing as though he picked up a recurrence of his going strain in the warm up to that Wolves game. I just think it's best. Just to have him miss out and and not risk it, really. You know, you don't want to risk him, you know, picking up another occurrence of it and aggravating the injury even more. Really, seeing as though he's already picked up a occurrence of it. So I think it, I, in my opinion, I think it would be wise just to you know have him miss out and and you know just recover a bit longer, maybe play some 23s minutes before chucking him back in. That's just my personal opinion because you know we've already seen him be chuck straight in straight after uh, recovering from an injury and. Yeah, he, he picked up the occurrence of it in the warm ups. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. Of course, it would be nice if, you know, he is 100% fit. He doesn't pick up anything and he does start. The, you know, the back line is back to normal. You got your captain back. But, yeah, that, that's just my opinion, really. I just think it's best not to risk it, really.
1: I understand where you're coming from. But I, I think, given the bills, said, he's, he's fine. He's fully fit in the press conference. I, I would stick him back in personally.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh yeah, we'll need to uh, wait and see what happens. Really, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Liam Cooper's back in or not. Um, Diego Iuente and Calvin Phillips, however, uh, are still out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, best of luck to them. Hopefully, they both have stronger and speedy recoveries. Uh, now, speaking of. Uh, Marcel Bielsa on what he's been saying recently. Uh, In a recent press conference, uh, Marcel Bielsa said, and I quote, I'm very comfortable living and managing in England. Annual contracts does not mean I am not open to staying here longer. So, Charles, in other words, Bielsa's staying here forever and ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, he's, he's not a young bloke and I think he will want to eventually go settle down in Argentina with his family and I wouldn't blame him for that, he's given me my best year supporting this club so um, I wouldn't begrudge him leaving at any point, um, in, you know, obviously in between seasons, not during the season I'd be slightly begrudge him leaving in the middle of a season <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's good news this, it means that there is, you know He's just been prudent with these one-year contracts, these rolling contracts. It's not to do with the fact that he doesn't; he thinks he's going to leave every summer. It's just uh, so that he's not getting tied down, and yeah. I can understand that. And yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that he potentially stays because it means, you know, with with a bit a little, little bit of luck, I might eventually get to see a Marcel Bielsa team in the flesh again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm... Oh.
0: yeah. Oh man, that that'll be horrible, wouldn't it? If we do not get to see a Marcel Bielsa Leeds United team in the flesh ever again. Oh that 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 would be excruciating. That would that would be that would be horrible, yeah. Um but no it's certainly promising to hear uh really and uh, yeah I think it's given you know gives people a lot of hope that Marcel Bielsa can be here for you know for for another season or two really um of course there's always uncertainty surrounding Bielsa I mean it, it, you know it's so unpredictable it was only at Lazio for just a few days as the uh, as the club didn't deliver uh, what they had promised and I guess as well, because at Lazio, after he left for a few days, he did get sued uh, for breaching contracts. So maybe that's why he only signs one-year deals. So as you say, he doesn't get tied down to long-term deals. And then when the club failed to deliver on promises, and then you know he, he, he only has to stay there for a season, then is free to leave. Uh, I, I guess that's why he, he likes one-year deals now. But yeah, it's certainly promising to hear. And uh, yeah, hopefully Marcel, Marcel Biosa does stay for for many years to come, because it, it's horrible thinking about a Leeds United side without Marcel Bielsa in charge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but it's it's coming at some point in the future. There will be yeah. a time where he's, he will he will step down, and then who, 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 who replaces him there? Who fills, that, who fills that void?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you had Carlos Coloban before honest... he left Huddersfield, but, you know, now you're... Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible to think about life after Bielsa. <laughs> it's going to be hard to accept. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. we think
1: everyone's going to be a bit, you know, bereft without him. We're just going to be it's just feeling like we've uh,
0: <laughs> the end of an era. Yeah, it's 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 going to be absolutely horrible but yeah, I mean Marcelo Bielsa has given me, you know, the best two or three years of my life supporting Leeds United. So, uh, yeah, I will you know, I'll thank him forever for that. But um but yeah, Bielsa talking about one-year contracts there and you know the fact that they mean nothing really and that uh, yeah, he is open to staying here longer, which is uh which is a uh, really nice Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Leicester City at Ellen Road on Monday night. Uh, The game kicks off at 8pm and is uh, live on Sky Sports. Uh, Now, in the league, Brendan Rodgers' side have beat Burnley at home and uh, West Brom, Man City and Arsenal away from home. But they've also lost to West Ham and Aston Villa at home this season. So, it'll be interesting to see what Leicester side turn up on Monday night, won't it, Charles? It's probably a... A hard game to predict what will happen.
1: I'm a little bit worried about this one. No, I am. I am. I'm a little bit worried about because they're, they're they're in decent form. Vardy looks like he's come back, you know, to be playing again. He's, he's lethal on the uh, on the counter, and with them coming to Ellen Road, that Leicester will do what they always do. They'll probably surrender sixty sixty five percent of the ball, <laughs> and then try and you know rapidly a, a counter attack uh, with with Vardy, and it has, it has worked for about five years now. <laughs> if it ain't broke, yeah. don't fix it. So. I'm a little bit worried that the the defence may not have the pace to keep up with him. So we're gonna someone's gonna have to do a proper job on Vardy if we're gonna get a result out of this game. So but he's, he's not the only fact they have. They've got Tielmans, he's a good player. I think the, the good news is, is that the likes of Ndidi's out injured. Uh Castagna, their new fullback, he's out injured as well. Uh, Johnny Evans is out injured. So they've got quite a few injured players, which um, will assist us in getting a result. But you know, I'm still worried because they're an established Premier League team. They only won the league what four years ago, so they're, yeah. they're not to be trifled with. They are a properly good team, and they uh, they were floating with the the, they got the the Champions League places all last all last year. And so they are properly dangerous. So yeah. they 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 are yet another team who uh, who last season finished high up. So. Who we've played already, Liverpool, Man City, Wolves, and now playing Leicester, Villa at the, at the peak of the powers. We're playing a lot of teams when they're either on hugely good form or have really good squads in general. So, this is another one we're just going to have to um, get past. I don't, I don't think we have a particularly good record if, against Leicester over the years either, but we'll see what we can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be a. A tough, tough game. I think if Leicester are going to beat us, I think that they, I think that they will just sit deep, really, and just pump long balls up to Jamie Vardy. As you say, they've got many injuries, but they do have Jamie Vardy and Telemans still. So, yeah, I think that you know if they're going to beat us, they'll you know they will surrender uh, possession of the football. They will just sit back and just pump long balls uh, up front to uh, Jamie Vardy, who you know is a very clinical striker. You know, Brendan Rodgers he does like to change his formation and system from game to game almost. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Leicester set up against Leeds United. It is certainly going to be a, a, an interesting game uh, to watch. Um, of course, Leicester, as you know, just say, they are a very good side. They have been a very good side since the won the Premier League in 2016. Always been in and around the top eight or so in, in the league. Uh, they're currently fifth in the league table uh, on 12 points, one point off the top of the table. Uh, but yeah, Leicester, they've had a mixed start in the league really, but they have been playing in the Europa League this season, one uh, all day Europa League game so far this season. Uh, but they did play only, uh, only last Thursday night away at Athens. And yeah, they did win 2-1, but a few first teamers did travel uh, and play, including the likes of Jamie Vardy, who did score. Um, so could the fact that, they played over in Greece on Thursday, potentially swaying our favour, Charles, because, you know, Leicester, there could be a wee bit tired from that trip.
1: They could be a wee bit. <laughs> You're going full Scottish there. <laughs> yeah, the, um yeah, there's it's potentially, but rotate we'll a few players in that team. And, you know, the professional footballers, the, They've got what is it Thursday and the game's on Monday, so they've had like five days rest anyway. So that's that should be enough. We'll have the slight edge on them having a little bit longer, but I don't think it's by much. I mean, when we well, realize we forgot to mention, they've got Kasper Schmeichel in goal. He's a good goalkeeper. He got yeah. um, Harvey, ba- Harvey Barnes as well. James James Madison, who we, who we know from Norwich um, a few years ago, so they've got properly good players. So. um we're just going to have to, you know, do a job on them, like we did with uh, Man City. We just turn up, just see what we can do.
0: Yeah, but it's certainly going to be tough. And I just say, James Madison, their attacking midfielder, while we don't have Calvin Phillips, so that's going to be a... An interesting battle. It, it, it could, we could see something similar to what happened in the Aston Villa game, of course. Pascal Schubert going up against a, a, you know, a couple of good attacking midfielders and Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly going to be a, an, interest, an interesting battle. Um, I do think that the fact that we have had longer to prepare for this game will sway in our favour somewhat. But, uh, yeah, as you say, they are a professional footballing team, so it shouldn't affect them too much. Uh, Leeds, of course, go to this game on the back of that. 3-0 victory at Aston Villa, so hopefully we can uh, carry momentum from that and build on that victory. And uh, now, Leeds have only gone up against Brendan Rogers, uh, uh one Brendan Rogers side, um, in the championship season 2010 uh, 2011, uh, Swansea, where we beat them and they beat us. Uh, but Leeds, however, have faced Leicester uh, 123 times in the club's history, uh, winning 47, drawing 33, and losing 43. But we've only beat them twice in the last 15 meetings with them. Um, and drawing twice yeah, and losing I mean. twice in the previous four meetings. So yeah, we don't have a good recent record against Leicester. So, how do you see this game uh, playing out, Charles? What's your what's your score prediction for this game?
1: I can see this being a draw. If I'm being honest, probably two all draw. I reckon.
0: Yeah, I've. I'd, I'd take a point. I would take a point, certainly against a, a top Leicester side, but you um, know I'm going to go 3-2 to Leeds United. I, I reckon there'll be plenty of goals in this game. I mean, I really do think so. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully Leeds United can get uh, you know something from this game. And I'll be also said in this pre-match press conference that any 11 from the 22 could play. So who do you see playing in this one? Will it be unchanged from the Aston Villa game, do you think? What's your, what's your uh, predicted or preferred lineup for this game?
1: Well, we predicted would We preferred probably the same. I think it's going to be the same lineup, other than the fact that I think uh Cooper's going to come back into the back line or readjust to what it normally is. I think the streak will be at defensive midfield, and I think the rest of the team will be as as normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I somewhat agree. I, I certainly could I, I certainly could see Bielsa going with click at central defensive midfield and Jamie Shackenden starting. Um, and I think that'd be interesting to see how that plays out. But um no, I I I I agree. I think he'll either be. Completely unchanged from the Aston Villa game or Liam Cooper will go back in. Alioski will drop out and, uh, yeah, Earling can go back to right back and uh, Dallas back at left back. Yeah, I certainly don't think there'll be many changes from the Aston Villa game, uh, if any at all, really. Uh, But yeah, it's certainly going to be a tough game on Monday night against uh, a top Leicester City side. Uh, But hopefully Leeds United uh, can get uh, something from this game. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of episode 79 of the All Things Leads podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me remotely, of course. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you joining me as always, mate. And uh, thank you as well to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, very much uh, appreciate the support. Uh, if you enjoyed them, make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on whatever platform you are uh, listening on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Uh, that would be very much appreciated. And share it around as well. That will be uh, very, very... Uh, nice of you as well uh, make sure to follow all things Leads on social media we are on twitter facebook and instagram search paul things leads one on twitter and instagram search paul things leads on facebook and all things leads on youtube and subscribe to the uh, youtube channel if you have not already uh charles and i will be back uh, next week so for now take care stay healthy stay safe and we'll see you soon Bye bye